Hi guys, it's Rachel and I'm here. I'm back. I'm finding myself in a really interesting place in my life and a really interesting place in my career. And, and anytime I have, I mean, frankly, anything that I've gone through in the last decade, I have walked through with you guys while it's happening. And I think this is no exception. And also this feels maybe like a more important thing to process than anything that has come before. So I am not going to devote every episode of my podcast to the work that I'm doing right now, but I do think I wanted to talk to you guys about where I'm at after last week's episode. So if you didn't hear last week's episode, this is probably a great time to go listen in on that if you'd like to understand kind of what's going on in my world. But in this week's episode, I want to talk about what it looks like to make a mistake and what to do with that. Because, well, first of all, that's what I'm going through in real time. And secondly, I think it's really important to have conversations about when we get things wrong and where we go from there. Because I think there is a bit of fear for so many people about definitely failure. I mean, that's a massive fear that so many people have and something that I've talked about a ton over the years. But when I've talked about failure, I've never really looked at it through the lens of having done something where you hurt someone's feelings or you offended someone or you made a mistake that you wish you could take back. And that's the world that I'm living inside of right now. So what do you do with that? And how do you move forward? Because I think that there is an instinct when you mess up to sort of give up. And if that's what happens, you don't learn anything, you can't grow, you can't change, you can't evolve. And given everything that's happened, I feel like it's really important for me to talk to you guys about it because I know I'm not the only one who's ever messed up. So this week I've been thinking a lot about how you can sit in the discomfort of making a mistake and also how can you find the lesson or the good stuff even in painful screw-ups. So just to be totally honest, um, about, gosh, I guess the beginning of the month when everything happened, I sort of Cliff's Notes version of this is I posted something on social media. My intention was to create something that I thought was empowering and it really upset a lot of people. And, you know, I've thought a lot since then about this idea of intention and what we intend to do versus what we can do are two completely different things. And it really doesn't matter what your intention was if people were hurt by it. And that's especially hard 
to process when I have spent a decade just trying to create content that lifts people up or inspires them or makes them feel seen or connected or puts joy out into the world. And so when I found out that it was upsetting to people, what I grappled with the most was how did I get this so wrong? Like, how in the hell did I not understand? Like, how did I not see that this would be so upsetting? And I think that that is the biggest conversation inside of this is the fact that I didn't see that it would be upsetting is the definition of white privilege. I own that and I have to own that. And I did not look at what I was saying through the lens of how that would feel to someone else. And because I don't have to filter my words through a lens, that's privilege. And part of the reason that I wanted to make this week's podcast on this topic is because I think that one of the most important things that I can do, or I think, frankly, if you're listening to this and you are a white woman, is to not be defensive about that privilege, is to not get your feelings hurt, and frankly, is not to feel guilty because your guilt doesn't fix anything or change anything. It's man, how do we own that that is something that exists for us that doesn't exist for other people? And what are we going to do with it? So the first week um, after everything happened, there's so much. And I had was just so aware of having disappointed so many people and disappointing my team at work and disappointing my best friends. And it was just, it was a lot. I also was really conscious at the time, even though it was painful, of not wanting to numb that pain or ignore that pain, but knowing that it was necessary to sit inside of it, that it was necessary to have hard conversations, that it was necessary to talk to the people I had hurt, that it was necessary for all of that. Deeply, deeply painful but so necessary. So I think the first step for me was letting go of like, oh, but I wasn't trying to, or, oh, but that wasn't my intention, or, oh, I, I didn't mean to, because it's not about what I was trying to do. It's about what the result of that was. And maybe different people would look at this in different ways, but for me, how I want to live my life is... I want to show up with love. I, I, I want to put goodness out into the world. And so if I've done something, even if I thought the intent was good and the resulting effect wasn't loving and joyful and these values that I stand for, then it doesn't matter why I did it. I have to own the effect. So that was a big um, piece for me in the very beginning. And then I think it also was really important to understand, and I don't even know if this will make sense to y'all, but it was really important for me to understand and unpack how did I get to the place where I was posting something that wasn't completely aligned with my values? So like, 
how did I get to the place where I was putting something out into the world? And I think that this looks different for different people. Like for me, it was putting something on social. Maybe for you, you found yourself in a situation where you said something you wish you hadn't said, or you told a secret you wish you hadn't shared, or you just, how do we get to the place in life where we make a decision where we're not showing up in that moment as the best version of ourselves? So I had to ask myself a lot of really hard questions about how it got to that place. Because I think if, if I just filter it through just this lens, if you want to put love out into the world, was this thing loving? Like in the moment, I thought like, this is badass. This is cool. This is whatever. But if I just came back to that core value of is this loving? No, not at all. Then in fact, I can unpack and know in that moment, I was angry. I was angry. The anger comes from tired of women picking on women. I mean, I've been in this world, I've been on social media for a decade. And I feel like I do everything to navigate around it. And, uh, you know, don't read comments or, you know, I just, it, but it somehow finds its way. And I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like 99% of the time I can carry on and I'm fine. And on that day, it hurt my feelings and I was pissed. Oftentimes, like if you grew up in a, I don't know if this will make sense, but if anyone else listening had um, a childhood where um, you were often scared or unsure or your feelings were hurt or you kind of felt out of control, anger is an easy emotion because it feels empowering. So yeah, I can, I can look back and see and unpack that I was angry in that moment. And that should have been the first sign to not post anything. So I think it was important for me to understand how I could get to a place where I could um, not consider the feelings of, of so many other people. And I don't know that I would have even been conscious of feeling that anger. And then that's a bigger conversation for me and my therapist and what I'm going to do with that and how I'm going to show up better in the future. And then I know that it's sort of easy to roll your eyes or some people roll their eyes at my constant, constant desire to look for a lesson or to look for goodness in hard things. But the first piece of it for me is like even understanding that I was in that place or that those are feelings that I need to unpack. And the awareness of how much unpacking I still have to do around the idea of white privilege as a white woman in America. Because I have read the books, I've done the classes, I've paid for my company to do the classes, I am very, very best friends, close people in my life are the most incredible humans alive who hold me accountable and hold me in check on that topic. And I still have these pieces in me, these layers in me, this, this lack of understanding inside of me. And I got to be honest, the desire to change is not because I think that it will appease people on social media. I don't want to have hurt anybody but my personal desire to change has nothing to do with social media's perception of me. My desire to change is because I want to be worthy of being friends with my best friends. I want to set an example for my kids. I want to be a good mama. I want to be a, 
a good leader. Like I, I was thinking of, um, I don't know, this is maybe like a way off topic thing, or maybe it'll make sense to you guys. But I remember years ago, I was attending a church that I loved, like, oh, I loved this church. It was like so great. And the head pastor there was amazing, like one of the greatest speakers and teachers I've ever known. And he wasn't just my pastor over the years. He became a friend of our family and I felt really close and felt like he was this amazing leader. And then I found out over time that he had a really harsh and I think very unloving and frankly un. Christian like attitude about people who were in the LGBTQ community. And there were uh, several weeks where I was grappling with this information that I had about how he treated my friends who were gay, where sort of like publicly it was very like loving and kind and whatever, but privately it was, you know, you're not really welcome here. So there were a few weeks where I would, um, I was still kind of trying to understand, I don't know if this will make sense to those of you who don't have a, a church family, but for me, I mean, these people were my family and this was such a part of our lives. And so I was grappling with like, what do I do with this information? And I would sit in the congregation and I would listen to this man preach about, you know, love is patient and love is kind and, um, you know, the tenet of the Christian faith is love thy neighbor, knowing that privately he was doing things that were just absolutely hypocritical, just absolutely not at all what he was saying on stage. And it was like, could you hold that this teacher, this leader, this person had a lot of things figured out and could maybe guide on a lot of really great areas, but then fundamentally there was something like this piece over here that was fundamentally broken. And I don't think that there's something wrong with being broken if you're trying to fix it, but this person had no desire to fix anything. They were set in their ways. They had this belief about themselves. They were not going to change. And ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't sit there. I couldn't I stopped going to this church and I stepped back from all of the involvement that we had because I couldn't know that this person had this thing about them that I felt like was so not aligned with my values. And so that's what I think about what has just happened in my own life is I, God, I wish that I hadn't had to go through something like this. I I, I wish I hadn't had to hurt people to know that these layers were still inside of me. But the desire to change is because I can't have certain areas of my life where I feel like I can lead out or teach on topics. But this piece, this huge, massive piece needs work and unpacking and change. So that's where I am. And I think another really amazing, truly amazing part of this is that I have had more conversations with my kids about white privilege and this is the book I'm reading and here's why and let's talk about and how does this show up in my life and how does this show up in your school and 
this is something we are aware of and we've talked about as a family, but never to this extent. And that is such a good thing. Like, again, it's this good thing in this really crap situation, but I'm grateful for it. And I'm going to take the lessons that are good and I'm going to be appreciative of what God and the universe put in front of me to learn because clearly there were things that I needed to learn. I wrote down in my journal, you know, I do my gratitude journal. Those of you who have start today, you know that it prompts you to do um, pieces of gratitude. Like what am I grateful for today? And I wrote down yesterday that I'm grateful for real, true, authentic friends who will sit in hard honest, loving, accountable conversations with you. I mean, I think that when, you know, there are people online, there's people on social media, and there's all of this sort of noise. But I have really close, and if you follow my if you follow me on social or you have listened to me at all, you know I have this incredible group of friends who are willing to sit in a hard conversation and look, I have three best friends in the world. And you have to know that the most awful, awful part of this whole situation is disappointing my friends, is them having to be like, Rach, what the hell? Like, how did you, what are you, what? And like having to sit and talk about that and know That while they love me, they freaking love me, they're still like, oh, man, okay, we still got work to do. All right. And it's not their job to, like, do that work or hold that. But they're still aware of these things. It's, oh, it sucks. It sucks. Knowing that I have those people in my life, I can't even imagine. Like, what I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Like, this is whatever, but this is the truth. Like... That week, that's the lowest I've ever been in my adult life, ever. And if you know me, you know I've gone through some really hard stuff. That's that's the lowest of the low. I really didn't get out of bed, and I didn't respond to texts or calls, and I didn't eat or shower. I don't know if you how you guys handle really hard things, but I sort of go into a shell, like a turtle, and I kind of pull into the shell, and I don't... I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to interact. I don't want to, I can't. And um, Sammy and Beans, you guys probably know because you maybe have heard them on the podcast or you've seen them on social. They're two of my best friends and they just kept reaching out. We know, (laughs) we know you don't want to talk to us. We know you don't want to answer. We know, and they kept, so I, I would sort of emerge just to say, like, I'm alive. I just kept telling, like, hey, I'm alive. I don't want to talk. I'm alive. I don't want to talk. And um, finally, they just showed up at my house. And we're like, bitch, you're getting out of bed. You're going to stop wallowing. You're going to, yes, you did something. You wish you could take it back. What now? What are we doing? What are we learning? What? Do we-? I just can't imagine. I can't imagine life without friends like that. And I can't imagine how different this experience is if you really don't have people who are willing to sit in the discomfort with you and hold you accountable. Not sit in the discomfort and make you feel better. Not sit in the discomfort and tell you like, oh, this is, you know, this is not the big deal. Or No, 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 no. Like, no, no, you screwed up. What are we going to do? That's massive. That was a huge, 
huge gift in this is really seeing my my people, not just those close friends, but like my real friends um, show up in the hard stuff. And then the people who weren't real friends, because man, there is a sifting that happens. And if you've gone through something hard or this sometimes happens when you go through a divorce or when things change or when you do something sort of steps outside of what someone has a perception, like there's a sifting. And I think that some people would look at that sifting and, and feel loss. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful because in the sifting, like I have these people that I'm like, oh yeah, you are, you're my people and you're my real life people. I think we get that so confused. We confuse social media with real life. Like who are your real life friends? Real life. Going back to the idea of, of my personal values and love. And I think like there is such an easy question to ask myself in this of how do I want to show up as I go forward? And What's interesting is that I'm aware that there are people who just would want me to not show up like ever again, to just be done. Uh, because I think that maybe sometimes that happens in life where it's like, oh, this person messed up. So they're like, they're done. But if you make a mistake and you just stay there, tell me what improves, what gets better. What conversations are being had? Who's learning anything if you make a mistake and it's just done? First of all. And secondly, man, if I've taught anything in the time that I have done this work over the last 10 years, it's this idea that we fall down and we stand back up and we go again. That's what life is. And that standing back up and going again has to happen even when you're embarrassed. And even when you hurt people, and even when you made a massive mistake, it looks like, okay, right. But showing up is, I, yeah, I did that thing. And now I'm going to do this work. And now I'm going to learn from, from it. And I'm going to keep trying. And nobody gets to tell you that you don't get to try. We all like have this ability to try and make tomorrow better than today. And so showing up now becomes how do I show up and make sure that anything that I'm putting out into the world is grounded in the things that I really believe in? Like, how do I how do I show up in that way? How do I show up in a way that is loving? How do I show up in a way that is holding space for all kinds of people, for every walk of life, most specifically for women? How do we elevate those stories? How do we share those stories? How do we lift each other up? How do we use more kindness? How do we learn to be more accepting? Like I, I'm, that's my work. That's all I've done. That's all I'm going to continue to do. And this mistake along that path is going to hold up a light on areas that I needed light held up on is going to allow me to do work and learn lessons that I needed to do so that I could be a better human. You know, there is this um, scripture in the Bible. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go there for you guys real quick. 
think it's Philippians 4, 8. Uh, that, that, I mean, if you grew up in the church, you maybe know this, but like whatsoever is good, whatsoever is holy, whatever, you know, you guys know this one. Um, but essentially that becomes this beautiful filter, whether you're a Christian or not, it's a beautiful filter to ask yourself, is this true? This thing that I'm about to do or say, is this true all the way through? Is this true to me? Is this noble? Is this right? Is this pure? Is this lovely? I mean, if you can't get through that whole list, you can go look it up. But if you can't get through that whole list and the content you're making or the way that you're showing up in the world or what you want to do, if you can't get through that whole list and say yes to everything on it, and this isn't about, honestly, you could, it, this is not about the Christian faith. I just think that this is a beautiful filter through which you could decide what you want to put out in the world. With love or not at all. With love or not at all. That's how I want to show up. I am really blessed that in the circle of friends that I have, I have some unbelievable mentors. And Bob Goff is a is a dear, dear friend and mentor in my life. And he has this quote that I love that I have pinned to my wall, having gone through this thing that I'm going through, this, this quote is pinned to my wall and I've looked at it every day. It says, embrace uncertainty because some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. Embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. See, when all of this first happened and it was like a domino effect, just one thing after another, after another, and it felt so overwhelming. And I think that when we're in the midst of something hard, we grab for titles, right? This is the season of pain or this is loss or this chapter is called grief or this chapter is called shame or this chapter is called betrayal. We grab for titles and we don't realize, sometimes we don't realize at all, but I think we don't realize how many of those chapters actually had beautiful titles until we look at them much later. I also think that how we respond to the hard thing is what determines what the title is. I can decide to be fragile about this. I can decide to be angry. I can decide to be defensive. I can decide that the world is out to get me. I can decide to quit. I can think of a million different titles that I could give this season. Or I can call this title student. I can call this time period necessary discomfort. This chapter is going to be a lot of things, but I don't know what the title is yet. But I think my willingness or our willingness as humans to admit when we didn't get it right, to admit that we did something wrong, is the first step to having this chapter of your life be one of growth and evolution. So... That's where you find me this week.
in the midst of growth, very painful growth, very uncomfortable, but learning so much, learning so freaking much that I'm going to take with me into how I parent and how I love others and how I show up as a writer and a creator from here on out. I'm grateful to you for listening to this podcast and for being on this journey with me. And whether you've been here for a month or 10 years, I hope you do understand that you are listening to an evolutionary journey. I think that if you went back to 2017 and listened to podcasts, you wouldn't even know who that young woman was. And I hope that if you listen to a podcast from two years ago, you would not totally recognize her. And two years from now, comparing that version of me to who I am today, I hope that feels confusing too. I am a woman trying to figure out life, doing my level best. Some days that is better than others. But today, I feel stronger about what I'm learning than I did last week. And I'm going to continue to take y'all along for this evolutionary process. So thanks for being a part of it. Have a good week. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy.